Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Huh. That's how we do wonky. We're not professionals like, yeah. uh, like Ralph. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, He's such a professional. We're professional wonkers. All right, here we go. Unsupported format. Okay, that's new. <laughs> Nobody likes us. Uh, oh, that's a different intro. That's why. Wrong one. All righty then. Everybody, welcome to Red <laughs> Review. Hello, Manny. Hello, Greg. Hello, Lou Mavs. And hello to our little special guest that we have here today. Hello, Travis. Hello, everybody. Glad hey, to be Travis. here. <clears throat> Thanks for coming on. And Travis yeah. uh, actually joins You're us welcome. on the uh, Almost Human Live on Thursdays some, once in a while. So uh, I figured, come on our show. So uh, this Good. Did he tell you how wrong you are about rats? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell him he's right yeah, about wait. Rush. I can tell him he's yeah. right about Rush. He's got uh, the yeah. 2112 picture behind him. Good stuff. Thank you. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. And Gray's well, got his, uh, if Wayne picture. had any taste, you'd have a picture of Rat behind him. Uh, maybe Why I'll... What happened to your lights? Oh. Uh, maybe I'll do something about that. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, today's episode is going to be our top worst debut albums. And uh, I think this is going to be kind of fun because um, th- there's a lot of really bad albums and there's a lot of really good ones. Uh, so I'm very interested to see what you guys are going to pick for this. Uh, some people this, already on here. Catman. Hey, boys. What's up, Catman? Meow. What are we saying? This, this is our special play a haters episode because we hating today. That's what we're doing. We so <laughs> hating today. That's usually what this show's about. Can I get a hate, hate, well... hate, 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 hate? What? Well, what? Hate, hate. I kind of did something a little different. <laughs> okay. I oh. picked five of my least favorite debuts. I don't actually dislike any of the records. Yeah, they don't. You don't have to like hate them. I'm, like, a, I'm, with, I'm with Greg. I don't hate any of them. Yeah. Well, well, except the Project Resurrection, jeez. Oh God. yeah, well, those are. I got that right here. I mean, this one here, Project oh. Resurrect, and the debut Seven no, Angel. Oh, I mean, you can go to uh, ProjectResurrect.bandcamp.com and SevenAngel.bandcamp.com and get them, even though they suck. But just get them anyway, just so you have them. And Project uh, Resurrect is worse because I'm not on it. That's right. Uh, <laughs> I pick things that I actually. There's some I I really don't listen to at all because I think they suck. But then there's some on here that I do like a few songs on there. But I just don't think it's their strongest album. So you don't have to necessarily hate the album. Okay. Oh, there's some. Are there some that I hate on my list? That's fine. I, that's even better because I love when people. Because you you're probably gonna pick something and somebody's gonna like it. I, we in our chat earlier. 
uh, James picked something and, and I actually do like the album that he was talking about. So it, it'll be interesting. Who wants to go first? Actually, you know what? Hey, Travis is going to go first because Travis host. is the, the guest. No, Travis is going. Go ahead, Travis. What's your number All one right. pick? Well, I'm going to... So my first pick is from well, all the other bands on this list I love. Okay. So the reason this band is starting off my list is because I don't really love them that much. I like I like them, but not love. I'm going to go with Motley Crue, Too Fast for Love. Kick them mm. off the show, Wayne. Kick them off the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm actually really shocked because that, I actually like that album. It's the only I one I really like. I do, too. Now, I, I like don't... I don't hate the album, but there is a lot of filler for me. Really? Wow. Yeah. Motley Crue and filler? Perish the thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's too fast for love. We're not it's, talking about it's, theater. Um, yeah. Yeah. I really, I mean, I love Live Wire. I think that's a great open track. There's no doubt about that at all. And Peter actually, but there's so much. You're fading out on us, uh, Travis. Oh, you know what? Okay. How about how about right, now? Sounds okay now. Try it again. Yeah, try it again. I'm, I'm with the show. Like I don't like it all. Mm. I'm with the show. I don't like Come On and Dance. Starry Eyes, I do like that song. I like the title track. And I like Take Me to the Top. Everything else just pass. <laughs> Hey, that's cool. You know what? Along with the show, they can stick that song off their off their collective asses. All right, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, honestly, they they really should have replaced that with Toast of the Town. Yeah. I yeah. agree. Toast of the or Town. Stick to your guns. Sweet. Yeah. I'm yeah, really sorry Greg, for the connection right. tonight. Your uh, connections are terrible tonight. Uh, Manny is in, trapped in a hurricane. Uh, and Travis, I don't know why your connection sucks, but uh, it's a little yeah. Let me try and get my Wi Fi working. Try, yeah, trying to get you. Let's see. I'm usually I'm on cellular data, so maybe oh, just... well, there's your problem. We can't do podcasts there's my on problem. it, usually cellular. works like that. Works, it uh, usually works most right. of the time, but uh, you know, let's we see. Have let's these see how it works problems now. on Rash Show. <laughs> well, you're usually some real not uh, Rat Show, not in our house, not not. not, not. Uh, I, I love I I remember uh, today you Wayne when I commented I don't know if it's as good as Rat was Guns N' Roses. <laughs> I actually do like Guns N' Roses. Uh, I like them too, but yeah, All right, I like they're, they're pretty lame except for their debut. Yeah, I knew you that's why I forgot the mention. But All right, before well, we lose, was... there's a couple decent songs on Use Your Illusion, but. Once Izzy was gone, that's it. Hmm. Right, before we end up losing I, Manny, Manny, what's your I what's your first like, pick? Uh, oh, my first pick would be Tyrannosaurus Rex. My people were fair and had sky in their hair, but now are content to wear stars on their brows. Um, what? This <laughs> way, <can> you <laughs> what the hell did you just <laughs> say? <laughs> you want me to read to tell you? The title again it sounded like you read a jim morrison poem what was that <laughs> all right my title was that's the name of the album my people were fair and had sky in their hair but now are content to wear stars on their brows time source tracks before they soared into t-rex 
Oh, okay. So, uh, okay. So the album is basically Mark Boland and Stephen Tarragon Took, who took his name from the Tolkien book. And um, what happened was all their electric instruments were um, confiscated because they forgot to pay, meaning they didn't. So they were left with bongos and acoustic guitar. And uh, that's it. It was a duo. And they got better, obviously, because it became huge and influential. But on that album, it sounds like somebody's hitting a bo- up the Congo with a uh, with a rubber band, and it sounds like uh, Mark Bullen uh, snorted some uh, helium before he went to the vocal booth. And lyrically, yeah, reading them, you just get a contact buzz just reading those lyrics. I mean, I, I I'd have to pull the album out to <laughs> the titles, but uh, that would be my number one. Tinosaurus Rex. My people were fair and had sky on their hair, but now are content to wear stars on their brows. Thank God for Jeepster. <laughs> How did they fit that, no they fit that on a tiny little spine of the, the vinyl? How'd they get that all on there? Oh, my God. I, I, if you it's on the, the sides album, of it. It's on the sides of it. What are you talking about? It's 12 and an 8. I know, but that's, that sounds even longer than the record. It's on, it's on the sides of the sleeve. That's it. The next Severed, Edge, Severed Angel album, we're calling it Cirrhosis. And the subtitle will be Cirrhosis or Red, So Violets are Blue, So Sugar is Sweet, So So Are You. That's what I'm calling it. You know what? And Mark Boland would be proud of you, sir. Hilarious, because I just ripped off Chico Marx, but I digress. Anyways. Go ahead, Lou. What's your pick? All right. <clears throat> this band is equivalent to testicular, tongue, and throat cancer. This band was one of the worst pieces of shit that I heard come out of 1999. And trust me, in 1999, there were a lot of pieces of shit. This band is the equivalent to paying for the cheapest prostitutes in Las Vegas, knowing you will get full-blown gonorrhea, syphilis, and uh, herpes just by looking at her. This band is Crazy Town, and the album is called The Gift of Game. Oh, for crazy. When I first heard this piece of shit, this piece (laughs) of diuretic excrement, I said, Oh, dear. I said, Music is dead. (laughs) If this is what's popular now, music is dead. From what I heard, those guys got booed the fuck off stage at Ozfest, and it couldn't happen to a a better band because. Shifty Shellshock, I mean, when I first saw this guy, this is the first time I what ever... What the fuck is Shifty Shellshock. This is the first time and ever... You guys were making fun of my T-Rex album. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, the T-Rex album, nope. uh, that, that that is gold compared to this guy. Yeah. I never saw someone who, upon first look, I said, wow, that is a face I'd love to slap. And uh, or smack in that case, I wish that he had done enough smack that it would have killed him. But anyways, it didn't because he's still here and crazy sounds still around. So, uh, yeah, thanks for nothing. Crazy town, you utter pieces of shit. <laughs> well, what's the, what's all crazy, the hatred for crazy? Does crazy town have a following who would go see that? <laughs> you, you know, I I honestly remembered Limp Biscuit as being the worst band ever. But then Lou reminds me of crazy town. Jesus. Yeah, Limp Biscuit, you're welcome. I just spared you. So, because <laughs> uh, at least your first album, at least you had freaking Dino Cazares of Fear Factory. 
and uh, Christian on it uh, from Fear Factory. So and Chino from the Deftones. So you get a pass for that, Limp Bizkit. I don't dislike you as much as I despise Crazy Town. Uh, <laughs> okay. At least Limp I think Limp Bizkit at least one iota of artistic integrity. Actually, they didn't. That's a lie. All right, continue. Well, well, well you notice Wes Borland is a good guitar player. And I'm saying that as someone who doesn't listen to West Portland often, I'm not influenced by West Portland, but I think he's a good songwriter and a good guitar player. So I give him credit. You know, Wes is very musically talented. And that's where if Limp Bizkit had a strength, that's where it lies. Crazy Town, their strength is in how much I want to just shit over their entire discography. That's their strength. Because guess what? Thanks to you, I don't need Pepto Bismol, Crazy Town. Thank you. <laughs> you know why? Another reason I hate Limp Biscuit since you brought those son of bitches up. That song why? "Break," is it called "Break Stuff" or whatever the fuck's called? Mm-hmm. The beginning of that, they sample T Rex and don't give them credit. Sons of bitches! I, I did not know that. I thought you hate them because they come yeah, from that, Florida, like you. <laughs> yeah. God. Well, oh, I just sadly, added to the hate. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I'm. Dude, I, the I mean, of that is I mean, the fact that those guys had one hit based on a Chili Pepper sample, mm. like you couldn't even write your own song. You know, you had yeah. to freaking rip off the Chili Peppers, uh, "Sexy Mexican Maid." No, no, not that. I'm sorry, I forgot what the song was. "Sexy Mexican Maid" was not the instrumental on that. But anyways, they did. It was off that album, "Mother's Milk," and it was a complete lift from that. So, yeah. Oh, and by the way, Crazy Town, your cover of New Noise by the Refused sucks. Fuck you. <laughs> Show me on this doll where Crazy Town touched you. Everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> I, it was sonic molestation. Oh. Uh, in the chat, uh, Catman says, shout out to Greg. Uh, whenever I'm too buzzed, ex- whenever I'm too buzzed, he explains how I feel about an album perfectly. <laughs> There he didn't go. go yet. He didn't go yet, and he's going now. Go ahead. He didn't even go yet. Yeah. He's going now. So my my first up is and I love the band, and you legitimately the album itself is a cornerstone of gore grind, but uh carcass's first record, Rika Putrefaction. Oh. Yeah, um, that's a hard one to get through. I mean, there is legitimately like six classic songs on it but one the production was fucking botched man Mm. and the guitars cover over everything you can't hear the bass and the guitars are so fucking loud when he moves from the blast beats on the drums to the grooves it just sounds abrupt because the guitar was drowning it out beforehand and then i noticed today as i was listening to it i don't know or i should have written it down i forget who produced the record I don't know how he did it, but how in the fuck do you make a snare drum sound like a floor tom? <laughs> Was it know. Bob Rock? I'm sorry. No. No, it definitely wasn't. Bob Rock wasn't working for Earache in 88. I can promise you that one. <laughs> but, um, I mean, you can hear what they wanted to do, it, but they were so much improved by the second album, Symphonies oh, of yeah. Six. I mean, if you're in the grindcore, yes, you should hear it. If only for the fact that, you know, bands sung about 
violence and, and war before, but never in quite the disgusting medical contents uh, Carcass did. And it's just beautiful along with the album cover, which is just a collage of different shit out of medical textbooks. It, it's gross and it's brilliant. I love it, but musically it, it leaves a lot to be desired. I still like it, but I would definitely not recommend it to anyone as the first carcass record. Yeah, def- definitely not. <clears throat> it's it's very tough to get into. Um, mine might make Manny well, sick. The sound is so raw, it's almost offensive, really. It, it's hard to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to believe this, Greg, but I actually kind of like the album. And the I, reason I like it is for... Well, the reason I like it is for the very reasons you described. It's like, uh, I consider it like musical Dadaism, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's noise for noise sake. There's not a lot of composition going on, but I like it. Uh, is it something I throw on often? No, not very often, but I, you know, unless I want, I have guests that I don't want here for very long. That's the album I go to, but I do, <laughs> I do kind of like it. I love it, but I kind of like it. Mm. I like it too, but Symphonies of Sickness is just such a vast improvement in the same style. Well, that's but anyway. a freaking masterpiece, dude. My pick is going to upset Manny, I think. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I don't hate this album. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. But uh, <laughs> compared is- to the rest of his uh, discography or their discography, this is the one of the worst ones that he has. Alice Cooper, Priest for You. Well, you, you know what? Son of a you, you bastard! You, that's it. Let's go. I had to do it. Actually, it's on it. my list too. You Ray. son of a bitch! <laughs> it's on both. Actually, of you guys Wayne, believe list. it or not, it's on my list. Good, good. It should be. Really? I fucking love that record. Oh man. my god! It's the um, only Mothers well, Greg, of Invention album not made by the Mothers. It. Yeah. Huh. Yes, yeah, so I'm not a Zappa fan, so I understand why Greg likes it. You know, I, I get that, but. Well, I'm a huge Zappa fan, and I don't and, like and it. You st- and you still don't I, like it? All right. Actually, I don't hate the album. It's on my list. I'll talk about it more when I get to it. Hmm. I don't hate the album, but they definitely were not ready for prime time. No, um, definitely not. Yeah. You know, the, Zappa saw this raw talent in these five guys and basically put them in the studio and goes, all right, guys, go, and just gave them an engineer and – the song you could you could hear germs of good ideas in those songs, but it, oh yeah, I kind of agree with Greg. It's, it's a zap album without with what Alice sounds like singing, you know. Uh, I except it's not as good as a zap album. As good as those guys are as musicians, they were not. And I'm not putting down Alice Cooper, the man or the band. I'm a fan, but they were not. They were not at the caliber of Frank Zappa musicians at that point in time. Mm-hmm. So. Greg would defend the album. You like it. Yeah, they they were good enough that I really like that one, the odd time signatures and all that. But I think the second album's awful, actually. There's maybe three songs I like on Easy Action, and that's that's it. They they definitely needed Ezrin or someone like him, but fortunately they got Bob Ezrin to clean up their sound and focus them. Yeah. Which they definitely needed that. I, but, um, oh, go ahead, Ray. Yeah, but there is maybe like maybe two or three songs on here that I, I do kind of like, but uh, yeah, as a whole, it's just not what he 
what they become after this, you know. And and anybody who's going to cancel Alice Cooper, by the way, they're all wearing dresses. So <laughs> if you think that uh, he, he's against transgender, you're you're an idiot. So that's that. well, well, that that quote again. The only James is right. Alice is a big boy, so yeah. he'll take his lumps. But um, the only problem I have, Alice said, was the the crap about children that doesn't really happen other than that he didn't say anything disrespectful or or hateful or i don't think so either no and and to all the people complaining about it i'm sorry you think you deserve an apology and that's all <laughs> you get and if that's not good yeah, enough he, he moved to france with the rest Greg, of the crying <laughs> <laughs> but, but greg he didn't say anything if you he, read it he didn't say anything, but, oh, but oh, they always no, look for an apology. I read the whole thing. So. That's what I mean. He doesn't. Yeah. Uh, he shouldn't have to apologize. What? What? And what he said is true. I think a lot that everyone's all upset over, but they keep t- they keep taking part of the quote and they take it out of the context, and it makes it look worse than what he. Had. But anyway, exactly. let, let's exactly. get back to. Wayne, this, so this, this show, I, I'm I'm done. I, I'm I'm done already. So I was moving on the track. Yeah, but if but, anybody uh, else wants to say anything about the, uh, Greg, then go ahead. All right. So this Lumen. I don't know what the hell he just said. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, Travis. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Travis? <laughs> my number nine. My number nine. My number nine says Lou. <laughs> I'm sorry, since Travis. Lou- <laughs> Since <laughs> since 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 Lou mentioned Crazy Town, I'm gonna mention a band I really have it in for, and they only made like I think two albums. I don't give a rat's ass how many they made. I think this band completely sucks, and it's probably one of the worst albums I've ever heard in my life. Okay, this is the debut album from Geezer Butler's GZR Plastic what? Planet. <laughs> oh, I, wow. You came here to push people love, Travis. Wow, I couldn't disagree more. <laughs> I hate yeah, this. Really? I hate this turd, man. Catatonic <laughs> Eclipse, Drive Boy Shooting. It's, it's like we're, or Burton Seabell's like, fuck you all. It's just so new metal BS to me. And it, it would have been so great. It's got Geezer Butler. It's got Dean Castronovo. But it, unfortunately, you got Burton Seabell just, I don't know if the other one's to do screaming or just this wannabe Marilyn Manson nasally vo- vocals? I just hate this album with everything in me. <laughs> I love Burden. He's good well, in Fear Factory. I, <laughs> yeah, he is. Well, it, I mean, honestly, that that album sounds a lot like Demanufacture. I I like it, does, it a lot. Greg. I I think new metal is the wrong description. It was much closer to industrial and what Fear Factory was no, doing. It's just. Whatever it is, I just can't stand it. It's just I don't Fear know. Factory. Uh, I don't. I don't hate Greg, Fear I'm Factory. Like... Yeah. I don't hate Fear Factory. It's just I'm not a fan of GZR. I don't think I ever listened to it. Like Drew, <laughs> you should. That, if you that's like Fear actually, Factory. I think you'd like it. That's actually an album that Greg and I talked about doing for Screens from the Grave. So yep. <laughs> oh, okay. It's oh. interesting on? that you guys actually like that album. I don't hate the <laughs> album. I definitely. I definitely like it more than Travis does, but I have to agree. It, it sounds like there's some artists that can she's trends, and it sounds like them because they incorporate off of their sound. 
my hero, Alice Cooper, is a perfect example of that. You know, um, he does it all the time. Dave Bowie could do it. Um, you know, Deezer Butler, though. I, when I expected a solo album, I wasn't expecting it to sound like Black Sabbath, but I wasn't expecting it to sound like Fear Factory Jr. There's a, the world already had a Fear Factory, and I just felt do I do think it's not an honest artistic expression from Geezer. I think he really does like that music. I don't I don't think it was just him chasing a trend, but I don't think it was well executed, and I definitely think this is worse of the three solo albums. Lou. What made me open-minded to it was the Mortal Kombat soundtrack because Invisible was on it. Oddly enough, it was placed right before Fear Factory Zero Signal. <laughs> Clever marketing on TVT Records' part. But uh, that is what made me give the album a chance. And there's actually a track on that that's uh, very... I don't want to say it's anti-Tony Iommi, but it's not very pro-Tony Iommi. Uh, what was that song, Greg? Uh, give up the ghost or something yep, like that. Give up the ghost. Yeah, giving up the ghost. It's yeah. definitely anti Iomi. All right. Well, I could be objective and say it's anti Iomi. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, if, that's that's yeah. what made me give it a chance, and I liked it. So, I, you know, I I don't hate it, but I don't I don't love it. Um, Greg, what what was your two cents on it? I like the album a lot. I mean, it, it wasn't what I was expecting from Geezer. And yeah, I, I guess it is Fear Factory Jr., really, when you think about it. But I I thought it was well-written, well-done. And I mean, Geezer puts his stamp on it, certainly. Is it the most interesting songwriting-wise? No. But yeah, it's one of my yeah. favorites. He, 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 well, he only has a three solo albums, but I, <laughs> my favorite out of those three, anyway. And uh, Travis, you're causing a lot of controversy. Motley Crue and um, Geezer. I mean, geez. You guys, and you guys thought I was saying Wayne's going to say Alice Cooper, <laughs> that bastard. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> spoiler ahead, alice cooper's not on my list <laughs> lou go ahead so uh um you know it's funny travis mentioned motley Crue's debut album i'm gonna mention another debut album from a uh former slash current member of motley Crue. uh again this was riding the trend of new metal um he stole tilo from head be for a singer um and oh, somehow geez. they managed right. to get on the 2000 Ozfest. i don't know how uh tommy lee released a piece of shit called uh methods of mayhem oh yeah in uh 99 <laughs> 2000 with uh you know with 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 the rather poetic get naked featuring fred durst <laughs> of lip biscuit and little kim with the uh the, the wonderful Shakespearean line, I ain't leaving till you're slipping on a cum stain. <laughs> that, well, that, was, uh, wasn't poetry. the big push to get <laughs> people to buy like the expanded edition with the fold-out booklet? The fact that when you did, it showed a chick spread-eagled with everything spread. I mean, you know, if that's the best part of your campaign trying to sell your record, you're terrible. Wait well, I minute. mean, you, you know, record label had oh. the 
audacity to leave release a deluxe version of that steaming pile of shit? <laughs> well, limited edition, whatever the fuck they called it. I just remember the poster thing being a, a big deal because some of my friends were talking about it and like, so the fuck what? I can go get a Hustler and buy a better album for the same price. Same effect. <laughs> yeah. And the Hustler, you get more strokes per page than you do one poster. Anyway, go that's on. right. I, I mean, the only thing I could say about it is like, you know, I, I used to respect Tommy Lee as a drummer. You know, I mean, he wasn't the most technically proficient drummer, but, you know, he was a powerhouse on the drums. You know, I, I loved and I still love Shout at the Devil to this day. Um, I could listen to Red Hot all the time and just like completely enamor myself with what he's doing on that record. The fact that he, you know, supposedly can pull it off live to this day, depending on if the band is using backup tracks or not, allegedly. Um, but, you know, uh, and, and look, I have nothing against any musician going against the grain of what they're known for and trying something different. Just make it good. This was not good at all. You actually listened to it, huh? I had no choice. <laughs> I was a college radio DJ at the time, and we were services. And I remember the record label and the and the and the marketing uh, geniuses behind it were like, "We got to get this album to number one." I'm like, "Dude, how about I do number two on it and meet you there?" <laughs> I uh, I bought the album for like a dollar. Because it didn't sell that well, from what I remember. I do remember it had a heavy MTV presence for a little while. I, yeah, it did. I remember. Yeah. yeah, but it didn't do that well, and I, I don't remember the video. But I have, I still have it, and it's one of the few albums that I own that I just don't because who the member is that I never listened to, and I've got a lot of CDs. And believe it or not, I do listen to all of them, not every year, but you know. But that one has been sitting in there forever. I should get rid of it and keep the CD case in case one of my other uh, jewel cases cracked. But good idea. <laughs> I mean, you know, this this hit at a time when like rock and porn were um, finally doing stuff in the mainstream. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, obviously you had the Tommy Pam tape. Right. Um, I think when Kid Rock performed at the Grammys that year, his girlfriend, uh, adult film star Midori was one of his onstage dancers. Um, and this is a time where Extreme Pro Wrestling, XPW started, which was uh, created by a porn director and, you know, financed by a porn company. And there would be musicians from Korn and uh, Slayer, amongst others, who would actually announce matches because it was right in the heart of LA. So, you know... It hit the right algorithms, I guess. Mm. But in terms of the quality, I mean, only Crazy Town is worse than it. It's pretty bad, though. <laughs> so, Travis, have you ever heard this steaming pile of musical dog shit in your life? I don't listen to anything associated with Molly's crew beyond Dr. Feelgood at all. Gotcha. Well, in this case... It's terrible. Yeah, it's man. so horrible. If man. it's got Tommy Lee in charge, I'm not interested. Mm. And I love Tommy Lee as a drummer, but gee whiz. No. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> Go ahead, Manny. What's your, what's your next pick? Well, I was, oh, my next pick would be uh, 
it's a band I love. Uh, but and again, I don't hate this album, but UFO One, uh, the UFO's debut album. I'm a huge, huge UFO fan. But again, right there's another band that was not ready for prime time. Um, the guitar player on there, I think his name is Mick Bolton. Yeah. Mick Bolton, and yeah. That's he's not something. bad. Yeah, but he's very bluesy, which is fine. Actually, my, it reminds me of the White Snake guy that just passed away, Bernie Marsden. But obviously, Phil Moog and Pete Way were a lot more ambitious than, uh, than that. And it shows by their third album. Not bad, but not very memorable. And also, it's got like prog elements to it. There's a song called Prince of, I can't remember, Kaluka or whatever. Prince Kaijuku. Prince Kaijuku. Well, it's like nine minutes long. And it's basically, you know, Phil Moog, you know, singing about some prince and Mick Bolton trying to remember what guitar part he should play next and Pete Way's getting high somewhere while playing bass. It's a mess. Uh, but it's a good mess, but for UFO standards, it's the bottom of the barrel. Honestly, I think you could skip both UFO 1 and UFO 2 and get UFO Live from the tour for two because they had just improved so much and were so much better than by that album, and it covers pretty much the best songs in the first two. I never heard it. And, and that's a great point too, Greg, because the songs on, on you, well, I, it's, for me, it's now named UFO Lands in Japan is what it's named now, but it's not a laugh. But you're right. Those songs suddenly sound very good compared to borderline mediocrity. You know, so I agree with you on that. Uh, Colin Madden says in the chat, I hope this isn't total blasphemy, and it is because I read the whole thing, but I don't love the first Led Zeppelin album. I appreciate its impact, but that it's kind of a snooze fest. Oh, it is, shit. Right? Not the first time I've heard that. No. I've never heard anything. It's not that. either. I mean, I, I prefer well, two to one. He, that's what know? he says. Uh, Zeppelin two is a huge leap forward, but uh, I, I love both. I mean, the first one's awesome, man. I, I don't disagree with but... the huge leap forward. I really don't, but. Yeah. And... I don't see it that way either. Yeah, you got to. Yeah. I mean, I've got a, I've got a, well, I'm interested to hear, I see it in the moment, thing, right? Because I really am, but uh, production-wise, Led Zeppelin 1, for 1969, the way, um, I mean, nowadays, you don't have to do this, but the way Jimmy Page used uh, the rule as another instrument with the mic distance, to me, is just completely fascinating. Anyway, Greg, you were going to make a point about Led Zeppelin 1. Oh, I was going to say, it's, it's definitely bluesier, rooted more in the blues, and, well, they ne they never really left long compositions behind completely, but that's probably the last time they do borderline psychedelic jams, which all sound great, but I can understand why people say they don't like that one as compared to the others because of what's on four and physical graffiti and shit like that mm. because it's yeah i, I different you. Yeah. lou what are you and travis what do you guys think of colin's comment um i think he's, I think he's crazy i i don't disagree <laughs> with him that um there are future Zeppelin albums, I feel, blow the first one away. 
Um, I agree with Colin, though. You can't deny the first album's impact. But, uh, you know, um, personally, for me, um, I think the Rain song is an example of a song that's better to me. I prefer it to the entire first Led Zeppelin album. So, you know, uh, that's that's just subjective opinion. I, well, absolutely. I, we're, we're not slandering him at all. Actually, I, I think it's interesting in opinion. Thank you. What I didn't hear a word that Greg said. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know how this oh, works, you guys. I, One I, person I, at a time. What is the matter with you people? Wait, am I on MSNBC I I where it's no like everyone's talking over each other? <laughs> Greg, can you repeat that, please? I'm sorry. Oh, all I said was, and yeah, that's just where the subjectivity comes in because personally, I think Dazed and Confused is a better song than the Rain song. Not that the Rain song is bad, but it's just personal taste there and, but, and that's uh, fine the one thing i really wanted to say about uh colin's comment though is i don't think there's really this great leap forward on two i mean the songs got a little bit more succinct and the production got better but it's almost kind of a continuation where they were at at the time really mm -hmm. sound wise i i don't feel that the big changes really came into play until three, which right. is my personal favorite. But that's when they, that's when they really started getting in and fucking around with song structure and really doing things that hadn't been done before. Right. I guess right. the argument winner for numbers one and two is which one did you hear first? Because I heard two before I heard one, so two had a bigger impact for me than the first one did. I don't even remember. Same here. I definitely heard two before uh, Led Zeppelin one, but he thinks I the uh, the material was more fleshed out on two. I don't disagree with yeah, Colin. Yeah, that's on that, a good point. Actually, yeah, I don't disagree with him on that because keep in mind, someone mentioned Dazing and Fuse. That was a number they did in the Yardbirds. They called it Confuse, and it's actually not even written by Jimmy Page. Actually, I'll give him credit because if you look at the Jake, listen to the Jake Holmes original, it doesn't sound anything like that here and there. But, you know, it was definitely rewritten during the Yardbirds day and then cemented it in uh, Led Zeppelin 1. Um, babe, I'm going to leave you. Uh, there's a Joan Baez cover. What I give Led Zeppelin credit for is that all even the covers sound like Led Zeppelin. You know, it, it's really... I think it's an incredible album, but I see where Colin's coming from. Travis, what's your take on the Led Zeppelin comment? It well, the first Zeppelin song I ever heard was Babe, I'm gonna leave you. And I love Led Zeppelin one. To me, that is a perfect album. I you know, I'm a big fan of the blues. And, you know, it's his opinion, it's all good. I don't have a problem with that opinion. I I personally think though that Led Zeppelin one and two are just what a one-two punch. I just, I think they're classics for a reason. So yeah, I love Led Zeppelin 1. And Colin also said that he heard uh, Led Zeppelin 2 first. So there's your answer right there. <laughs> All right. Uh, Greg. Yeah. Oh, so my number two, again, another band I love. And really, for the most part, I, I enjoy the album, but ACDC's original Australian High Voltage, mm. uh, like we were saying about other bands, 
They, they weren't quite ready for prime time yet. There are some really great classic songs on there, but you can hear them fumbling a little bit. They, they, they haven't quite found their exact groove yet. It, it does come through on a couple songs. I mean, but uh, there's also the very bizarre stick around and then love song on here, neither of which really work. But on the other side of that, you got She's Got Balls and Little Lover, which were both deemed good enough to be on the international release. So still good songs. They just weren't quite ready for the big time yet. It's probably their most inconsistent record, I would say. Yeah, I'll definitely agree with you. I remember getting that for the first time. I'm like, uh, this, I don't know, maybe, maybe if the songs were rearranged in a different order, because it, it doesn't sound like it's in like a good order. But um, I, no, I Actually, honestly, if they took the four songs that were on uh, 74 Jailbreak, mm. uh, You Ain't Got a Hold on Me, Solster, and they arranged those four at the beginning like they were on that EP, I think that would make it a lot stronger. Yeah, right there. yeah definitely. What do you guys think about that? Do you want to go first, Lou or Travis? It's not an album I really go to. I mean, you know, I think... Can I Sit Next to You, Girl, is possibly the closest to classic ACDC that we'll get it. Even then, it still sounds like amateurish compared to anything off of uh, Let There Be Rock, Dirty Deeds Under Cheap, or Powerage, or Highway to Hell. So, you know, it, it was a young band cutting their teeth on material that they tried to make work, and they just got better. Although I yeah. love Got Balls. That's a classic. What do you think, uh, Travis? <clears throat> I That actually almost made my list, but I <laughs> left it off because there's another album that I wanted to talk about. But it's not the worst debut album ever, but no. they definitely got better later on. Yeah, definitely. And but plus, you... I, I, I hate Can I Sit Next to You, Girl, and I hate really? She's Got Balls. Really? really and little lover and little lover i can't stand those songs oh, I like that every other acdc 70s song perfect now travis that that actually uh brings up a good point that just want to ask you real quick so sure i i kind of feel little lover is like the first time they really sounded like the acdc uh that was to come on tnt and let there be rock and power age do you get that feel at all from that tune? I get that a little bit. It sounds like Ride On, which I think yeah. is a better tune. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. And there, you know, there's some stuff from like the, the Dirty Deeds Under Cheap Australian release and, you know, High and TNT. You know, I'm just uh, not a huge fan of the album. I mean, I love It's a Long Way to the Top. I love Rock and Roll Singer. That's a great underrated ACDC song. The School Days cover from Chuck Berry, yeah, it's all right. But, you know, it's not an... Um, I don't really listen to it that much. What about cool. you, Manny? Well, yeah, I actually love the album, but uh, there used to be a saying, it's not the song. And I think the reason that album had such an impact and why they were signed on internationally. And you know what I'm going to say? Bon Scott. Bon Scott, even in, even in um, Stick Around, 
which is something that they would reject it. The way he sings it, you're convinced that he's telling you a true story about some chick that he, you know, all the good ladies I've had never seem to stick around. I mean, it just has a sense of humor about it. Um, but I, again, I, I don't think as songwriters they have found their footing yet. The best tune on that is the cover of Baby Please Don't Go, which Barley Bond and his other bands and, and the Angus and the Young Brothers are probably playing for years. But, you know, I think it's a good album, but I think the reason it's good as it is, and you guys welcome to agree or disagree with me, is because of Bon Scott's performance. I think he sold that album, and I think his charisma comes through on it, and I think that's what sells those songs, even the ones oh, you don't yeah. like. Yeah, it was really good. That came across like a man from Glasgow, Scotland speaking, but somehow I understood every word Manny said. <laughs> Sorry, Manny, got choppy there, but I understood what you said. Yeah, I was getting to, but I got it. <laughs> What's something funny about Scotland, real quick, and then sorry, Wayne, I'll let you go, go back. We brought it up. <laughs> so I had someone buy a record for me online in Scotland, dude. The fucking name of the street this guy lived on was like sixteen syllables long, and it looked like someone threw a bunch of random letters together. I don't care what they say; that can't mean shit. <laughs> I, I just went across a street today called Squirrel Misery Lane. I'm no, not no Skunk Misery Lane. I'm not kidding. Oh, I would I, stay away from there. Skunk Misery Lane isn't Lane. Skunk Misery Lane isn't that where you and the wife got married? Right in the neighborhood. <laughs> yes, and it me. was it was glorious. If you're gonna insult me, get a better connection. Uh, <laughs> text to me. Uh, actually, try something, Manny. Turn your your video off. Keep the audio on, but turn the video. Right. Let's see if that will do right, something. Let me, let me try that. Okay. All right. All right. Now I don't have to look at better. you. <laughs> no, I can't believe you fell for that. <laughs> well, that'll probably improve no. the uh, the viewership now, Wayne. That I'm not being no, but, seen, but do but I sometimes. Sound better? Sometimes it does help with the audio. Talk. Go ahead. Yeah. Did did, did this help? It didn't it help. No, just put your camera back. No, it on seems it. to have worked. Wayne just doesn't like looking Look. at my pretty face. They totally See, now I can it. hear him. It's fine. It sounds fine to me. It sounds better. All right. We'll leave it off. Leave it off for a while. <laughs> ratings go down at this point. I blame you, uh, Wayne, for it. <laughs> uh, so, Wayne, what, what? so, Wayne, what did you uh think of uh the australian version of high voltage i answered him the first time he said it yeah he was i agreed with him <laughs> oh okay yeah i did i did hear that and Maybe because uh, your, your video was on you just got distracted by looking at yourself yeah well you know <laughs> i i like looking at myself all right Fabio, moving on. <laughs> um what go david bowie the debut album. <laughs> I was about to put that on my list too. Really, there is not one fucking good song on here. Uncle <laughs> Arthur. I mean, the songs are so stupid. Sell me a coat. Even the, the names of the songs are so dumb. <laughs> I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, Manny. Isn't that album mostly covers? If I remember right. It, yeah, you remember correctly. It's mostly yeah. covers, yeah, and but it's just it's, so. I, I have to agree with Wayne. I, I'm a huge David Bowie fan, but that album. Yeah, just to start with this, it's just like 
I don't even know like what they saw in him. Look at his stupid haircut. These guys. I mean, I know it's sixties <laughs> or whatever. But how are you gonna pick on his haircut? Right? <laughs> I hear the last person that should be picking on anyone for their hair, Wayne. I mean, come on, is that even real hair? Hot meat kettle. I don't, I don't know. But um, yeah, it's just it's silly little silly blue boy. Or no, silly boy blue is the name of the song. He needed the money. Sorry, I couldn't help and, it. And the uh, come and buy my toys. <laughs> it's just so dumb. It's just. It's terrible. It's it's so bad. And and um, I make playlists on my phone, you know, on, on the Amazon app. And uh, and I try to I, I was making like playlists of like uh, songs from like 1960, 1970 or whatever. So I had to yeah. I had and I have to pick songs from each album. I don't I don't even if I don't like the album and I got to this album and I'm like, what the hell do I pick? There's just nothing on there. And I think I picked like Uncle Arthur or something just because it was the first song. Yeah. With, but it's a Did you like Tuesday on there. Yes, oh, that actually that's a, that is the song that I picked. Yes, I forgot that was. Yeah. Yes. Did Did you yeah, like Space that, Odd that, anymore? Oh yeah, of course. No, yes. Like yeah, I think that's I like that song Janine that's on that album. I think it's a nice song. Yeah, like off the top yes. of my head, I can't. Remember. One's okay, but I don't think he started to hit his stride no. until the man who sold the world. Right. Yeah. That's a great album. Yeah, I Heavy. Yeah. Anybody yeah. else? What does anybody else think of that? What, Manny, what do you think about the David Bowie album? I'm a huge David Bowie fan, but that album is terrible. Um, you're right. You listen to that, and it's hard to believe that this guy's a musical genius. You know, yeah. it's kind of funny that him and T Rex, who would become these huge influences, put out these albums that you are barely—they sound amateurish. You want the truth, both of them. You know, mm. it just—it sounds like here's the mic, play whatever you know, whatever is in the songbook. All right, Uncle Arthur or whatever. It, it's yeah it, it you know it's almost like he got the the uh the contract because he was a good looking guy or something but it, right. it's terrible you know? yeah, it's it's bad it's bad anybody else got any comments on it i never heard the album really don't hey, you don't need to no. you, you really don't there isn't anything thanks for the warning travis craptacular <laughs> <laughs> What's your next pick, Travis? All right. My number eight is from a band that I do love very much. Okay. I am going with. Wait, wait. Did you just say number eight? Yeah. Are you doing a top 10, Travis? (laughs) How are you doing? I might might, might have told I had it in a a top 10 context, but I'll just read them off then. Um, I got a whole stack of things here myself. My next next band. Hold on, Travis. Hold on. Hold on, Travis. (laughs) <laughs> he said at the beginning it was a top ten that he did, and you said okay. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Go. Side All right. <laughs> Wait. Let me. Put, did I play the intro? Let me play the intro again. I did. <laughs> Welcome to Rat Salary View. Good night, everybody. Uh, <laughs> Go, Travis. Hey, what do you got? All right, Doc and breaking the chains. Perfect. I, <laughs> I, I love I, I, I love Dawkins, but it's just, you know, I love the title track and I love Knight Rider and Paris is Burning, but Felony, Live to Rock Rocks, it's just meandering, just basic rock and it doesn't do jack for me. Hmm. But the, the title track is We're hmm. Illegal. The first time I listened to that album in full and that came on, I was like, what the fuck? 
I just, but the the title track in Paris is Burning kind of saved the album for me, but not by much. Is, is I concur. Is that the album that I, we reviewed? Um... I agree with Travis. I'm a huge Dawkins fan, but oh, no, two wasn't... songs do not make a great album. So you're right, Travis. Right. Yeah, I mean, do you, like, do you like Dawkins, Wayne? No, I'm not a Dawkins fan. Uh-huh. All right. You haven't seen my TikTok video, apparently. No, I have not because I don't use TikTok that much. <laughs> I'll send it to you. <laughs> All right. Thanks. You need to watch the video where Wayne and I discuss Tooth and Nail and uh, uh, Underlocking Key. Uh, Wayne did not have many nice things to say. About it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I was that bad. I think they, I thought they were okay. They weren't as bad as I thought they were, but uh, I'm not a Dawkins fan. And that's fine. Nor a rat. No, I'm not a rat fan either. What do you what do you what do you guys think of uh, Dokken that uh, Travis mentioned? What about you, Greg? I I like it, but um, no, it's, it's definitely lacking something, and but large parts of it almost sound half-ass. Some of the songs are so similar to each other. Like I do like more than two tracks. Night Rider, I think, is a good one. Felony's okay, but it kind of it runs into each other too much. There's not a lot that stands out. I do like it. I still think it's a good record, but definitely not the best. Well, you maybe. Well, I, I, I concur with Travis. I think it's got two good songs. I think it, it's amazing because it's produced by Michael Wagner. Um. Dawkins had years to because they were playing in clubs, Don Dawkins in one form or the other of Dawkins for years. David released an album called 1981 Inception, which really was not recorded in 81, where the songs are better than the ones that are on Breaking the Chain. So it's very, very disappointing album in in my opinion. And uh and I like Dawkins a lot, but and it's one of those albums that revisit. To see maybe it's going to finally click with me over the years, and I still do, and it still hasn't. So that's my, my take. Lou? I mean, it was the first talking album I ever heard. Um, you know, I I was I was a kid when I heard it because my brother Mike had it on cassette. But, you know, Tooth and Nail was the game changer for me. And that entire album, in my opinion, blows Breaking the Chains away. But I agree with Travis that the three best songs on that are the title track, Knight Rider, and Paris is Burning. So um, those are three I always add on any um, um, 80s-based hard rock metal playlist I make. But uh, that's about it. Fucking sucks. Uh, Manny. All right, so my number, uh, what the fuck number? Oh, three, <laughs> Deep Purple, Shades of Deep Purple. Anyone who knows me knows that I'm a huge, huge, oh. massive Deep Purple fan. I actually do like the album, uh, but I I find it disappointing. There's too many covers on it. Richie Blackmore's hairstyle is atrocious. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> And I talk about skunk misery. No comment. Oh man. And compared (laughs) to the two that followed, and we're still talking about the Mark one lineup, the next two albums, book of uh, Taliesin and self-titled, the self-titled deep purple album, I think are excellent. This one, I kind of like now, 
but as a kid, I hated it. Now I like it, but I still think it's uh, for a band as influential as Deep Purple are. That is a terrible debut album. Um, and frankly, again, Rush in the studio, they didn't write anything and they didn't write much. And I, I just don't think it's a very inspired album. There's moments in there where you hear the brilliance of Blackmore and John Lord. And Rod Evans is actually a good, good singer. But uh, yeah, Deep Purple, Shades of Deep Purple. Anyone else got a take on <laughs> my joy? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's gone. I, I, I agree with you. Um, I mean, to me, and I still think it sounds like them trying to be a 60s British mod band, like part of that scene, almost like it was a record just thrown out to get them out there and a little bit of press slash success through the Hush single, which is legitimately a great song. But it's another one where it's, it's meandering, it's half-assed. My screen froze. Oh, did it? Yes, it did. Uh, who's next? Yes, uh, Lou. Right. Oh, I'm, a, um, oh, I'm a huge. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Travis. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm a huge fan of that first album. I love the Mark One Deep Purple. Um, yeah, if my least favorite track on there is Love Help Me, but I still like that song. But Mandrake Root and Geez, I love uh, Hush is a classic. I even like that Hey Joe cover, I think it's pretty cool. I love Aunt, I love the instrumental in the beginning and the address. Just I just think it's a fantastic album, but I do think Book of Talison and the self-titled album are a lot better. But I love that first album. I play that about maybe three times a year. Love that album. Huge uh, fan. I think the dynamic with Rod Evans was a hell of a lot different. I mean, <clears throat> I remember reading a 91 interview with Blackmore where he said that you know, when Deep Purple first formed, uh, they they wanted to be Vanilla Fudge, uh, you know, uh, Vinnie App, not Vinnie, Carmine Appice's, uh original band. So um, I don't even think they accomplished that <laughs> with the, the first album. Uh, I feel like they definitely came into their own once um, once uh, Ian Gillen and Roger Glover came into the band. Um, and I love the Mach 2 era. But for me, like, I think. And, and and again, just my personal opinion, I think Burn, their first album with David Coverdale and uh, Glenn Hughes, that's my favorite Deep Purple album. So, you know, it's amazing. Um, if, if that had been their debut album, what a debut that would have been. Mm -hmm. um, instead, we have Shades of Deep Purple. So, man, what are you going to do? Uh, <laughs> you, uh, Wayne, you're not a Deep Purple fan, so I guess, you know, you're probably no, safe. Your opinion yes. is probably the same as your opinion on Dawkins. So. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Comrade, not due to the songwriting, but the limitations of mid-60s recording technology hampered Freak Out by Zappa and the Mothers of Invention in a big way. Yes, it did. I love that record, but you're 100% right there, dude. I actually love that album, so I think it's... Uh, I still listen to it. I like some of it. Freak Out by Zappa. Motherly loves all the time. It's a great record, but uh, he's right. Zappa wasn't fully in charge yet and uh, had his production techniques refined. And, uh, you know, the company 
MGM, their producer, didn't really quite understand what they wanted to do and just didn't really have the resources available to him for Zappa to do everything he wanted. A lot of people, some people say that Freak Out was the first progressive rock album. Uh, I don't know if you guys agree about that or not. Wouldn't 10 years yeah, after... Yeah, I agree with it because... Hmm? Wouldn't 10 years after have been considered like more of like a 60s era progressive band? They were. They were super fucking psychedelic at first. Uh, shush. Or shh. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But they also had a huge, huge amount of blues in it, more so than Led Zeppelin 10 years after. Oh, they I would did. almost say, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, Frank Zappa, the mothers of invention. Oh, go ahead, Lou. No, no, I, 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 I'm sorry, Manny. I, I guess the point I was trying to make is, you know, like, you know, progress. I think I would almost have to say that maybe the God progressive is one of those <laughs> yeah, right subgenres that like takes a freaking ridiculous turn because, you know, who, who follows, who, who, who who could get that label? You know, it's easy to give it to Rush, but who came before them? Yes, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Ten years after, progressive just means it's basically it's not your normal standard four four. So uh-huh. you know, well in that case, wouldn't the Beatles be the first? Mm-hmm. In that case, yeah. what Manny? Wouldn't the Beatles be the first prog- progressive band then? No, Rubber Soul. You know, yeah, moody, yeah, moody blues. I meant different time signatures in one song. <laughs> um, <laughs> to me, the, to me, I, the all right. Well, the Beatles didn't do that very often, so yeah. I'll give you that. They did it to once me, that I could think of, and that was uh, I Want You, She's So Heavy. But that's not a really me. a progressive song. <laughs> to, to me, the first full prog album is King Crimson in the core of the Crimson King. That's I'll give you the that. first one for me. I'll give you that. Yeah. See, Zappa oh, was kind yeah, of his own Zappa thing, now. especially with the mothers. So, I, I guess you could put it on a. It, it was definitely it's a fact. It was the first double album ever released in rock music. But uh, I, 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 I just can't, in good conscience, call it Prague. I mean, it was certainly, I, I would go so far as to say it was probably the first rock album that really required you to be an active listener and really made you think deeply about what they were doing. But, um, you know, the whole thing isn't odd time signatures and experiments. You got jazz fusion on there. You got some doo-wop songs. It's, uh, it definitely fits all in the mother's concept of the record itself. But uh, it's very, it's varied. Not, not like yeah. in the court, which is straight up prog rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I maybe they say that because it was released in '66. I mean, keep in mind, Freak Out was released before the Jimi Hendrix and the Doors debut, before Iron Butterfly, before oh, yeah. the Beatles, Sgt. Pepper's even. So I get why they say that. I, I don't consider it a prog album, but I do. I do get why some people would, would label it. Um, he definitely was most satirical when it came, because if you listen to the album, I mean, he's making fun of hippies. He's making fun of Lyndon Johnson. He's making fun of Nixon. He's making fun of 
well, actually, the not American Nixon, school system. Yeah. Um, you know, who, you know, the brain play. It's a brilliant album. If you're a Zappa fan, I, I still love that album. Um, I put it in oh, one of the top best. 10. What's so funny, Lou? I have a funny story about um, uh, Iron Butterfly. So, All right. so we were on vacation, the whole family, my wife, my daughter, my in-laws, uh, my wife's sisters, their husbands, and our goddaughter. So we all took our cars up to the Catskills. Um, so my god, my goddaughter, Lily, absolutely, she's a Taylor Swift fanatic. So, you know, my uh, so everyone on their car ride you know, got to pick a song. So Lily picked some random Taylor Swift song. And then all of a sudden, my her dad, my brother-in-law, Mike from Mara Wealth, decides to play Inagata Davida. <laughs> the full 17 and a half minute version of it. Oh my god. And my goddaughter's like, make it stop. Make it stop. <laughs> <laughs> I love that song. That's too funny. I like uh, the Slayer version. Yeah, the Slayer version. That's good. a good. That's a good cover. That's a good cover. <laughs> I like that cover. Actually. It is a good cover, but I love that Iron Butterfly song. Um, I don't even. Who are we up to? Uh, Luke. Uh, what, Iron, you... I, no, it's Iron Butterfly. <laughs> Iron Butterfly. <laughs> thank Iron you, Butterfly. thank you, Reverend Lovejoy. Um, <laughs> uh, I, think, I think we're up to you, Lou. Okay, so are we only doing three each? No, nah, keep going. It's All right. It doesn't matter. Okay, so let me ask you guys something. Um, do you consider if if their first release is an EP, do That's you fine. count that or do you That's count debut, their first right? full length? Okay. I if you want. Okay, so then By the way, I'm, I'm only doing five. So go ahead. So I'm going to pick. All right. Well, I got five then, Manny. That's cool. All right. So I'm going to pick five. Five is the top. They will do that because it's already after mine. So an EP from 2000. And again, somehow this person got on the uh, OzFest 2000 and 2000. Many OzFest tours. I don't know how unless uh, she was uh, having some kind of relations with Sharon Osbourne. But uh, all I know is that when I first heard OTEP, to me, it sounded like the most contrived wannabe shit that I ever heard. And now, now you know, there's a trend with what I'm picking right now. A lot of it is late 90s, early 2000s era rock or metal. Well, I'm sorry, but in the mainstream, a lot of that stuff sucked. It really did. I mean, come on. We can all look back on it objectively and say that most of it sucked. And how some of these artists, artists, quote unquote, still have careers to this day is beyond me. All I know is that when I first heard OTEP, I couldn't stand it. Uh, want to be tough. Well, I don't want to say tough guy because OTEP is, is a woman. But, you know, it, it, it just sounded like a lot of, you know, tough posing, mm. you know, uh, and uh there's a difference when something comes off as genuine and when it sounds like, you know, you're, you're doing something formulaic to me, everything about OTEP when I first heard it was beyond formulaic. And I was just like, you know, at the time when this, when I, and it's funny how much I hated crazy town of methods of mayhem. But when I first heard this, I said the words, wow, they'll sign anything today. 
So I really have to give it to uh, the OTEP EP Jihad. And uh, this album, this EP sounds like a Jihad, you know, <laughs> as someone who witnessed 9-11, this album was a Jihad of epic proportions, meaning it's <laughs> it, 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 it sucks so much that it wiped the chrome off of a doorknob. That's how much I hated this album. <laughs> I'm going to put I'll a Jihad on you. <laughs> Say it again. I, I'm going to put a Jihad on you. You know, I, all I right, all right. Funny. I'll tell tell Bin Hamin I said hello, Wayne. Alakwak <laughs> bar <laughs> slap. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny because Lou, um, I'm not a. I've got a couple of OTEP albums, and the reason is, I'm sorry I to hear met, that. I met the singer. Her name is OTEP. Whatever. I can't remember her name. Full name. Shamaya. Yeah. Yeah. In in real life. She's covered with tattoos and um, and she makes a big deal about uh, being a vegan. And she also, I, I think at the time she said she was bisexual. I think now she just identifies as lesbian yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But um, as a well, human being, I was vegan. impressed with her. It, with her music, the problem with her music was... Uh, I agree with the EP is is terrible. There's no beginning to end. And her music's okay. I don't mind it. I don't hate it as much as you do. And I don't even know if you hate the uh, other albums or just that one, but it it's it's it was it sounds of that period so much. It it, it you can't get out of that period. It's not timeless. And it also sounds like you know, the, the, whoever produced that thing, which I think is the usual suspects that produced all that stuff, you know. I think it sounds like uh, bad Slipknot and bad uh, bad Corn, and it, it's like they tried to combine all these things, and the novelty was, and I hate to say this because I, I you know, I, I don't like it. It sounds like the novelty of the band was the fact that they had a female vocalist, you know. And I hate well, saying that because I'm not trying to, to, you know, say that was the value of the band. But musically, I think I think they were trying too hard to be a modern metal band, if that makes sense. It didn't sound organic. How's that? Yeah, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, Maddie, but I can tell you right now, speaking for myself, um, the 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 her identity isn't why I dislike her music. I mean, you know, if, if we're going to pick the fact that she's vegan. I mean, I love Earth Crisis and AFI, and both those bands are vegan straight edge. So obviously, I don't have an issue with her being vegan. Um, obviously, her uh, orientation is something that I don't really um, care for because, you know, I love Freddie Mercury. I love Elton John. Um, you know, uh, there's there's many musicians whose orientations are not the same as mine that I love and respect. So that has nothing to do with it either. The difference between those artists and OTEP is the fact that those artists can write good songs. And <laughs> I just feel like, you know, OTEP's problem, like, it's, it's just a lot of posturing. And, you know, I don't, to, I... to me, two, three chords does not make a, a, a heavy driving metal song especially when it's like they're played chromatically all the time there's like there's nothing of substance or merit in it and the fact that everyone was praising her like she's the queen of metal fuck you she's no queen no, of metal she was, 
<laughs> and, and you know, by the way, for the record, you never mentioned that. I'm the one who mentioned it. You were talking strictly about their music. No, um, I know, but I mean, in case some yeah. idiot out there decides that they want to cancel me, a la Alice Cooper, for saying, "Oh, this guy doesn't like." No, it's got nothing to do with that. I just don't like the music. No, I right, and I don't, I don't, uh, I don't disagree with your assessment of the music totally. I actually listened to an album the other day, and I had a hard time getting through it. I bought it for like a a dollar or something recently, and it it just sounded like uh, I I have to agree. It just sounded like it was created in the studio, and again, that's probably unfair. I don't know the I don't know the woman I met her once, you know, as an artist, but it just sounded like I'm going to try really hard to compete with the with these guys, you know, your Slipknots and Corn, and I don't think it sounds organic. I think her latter albums yeah. sound somewhat more, but those two, those early 2000 albums, I think were studio creations and creation by committee. That's my opinion. And that's a good point. And I'll give you a perfect example and I'll conclude it. Um, 2000, her EP met it, uh, of equal proportions with what was touring on Ozfest that year. Her album in 2001 met the uh, her, her fellow tour mates again. 2004, who were her tour mates? Hatebreed, Slipknot, Lamb of God, Every Time I Die, uh, Unearth, God Forbid. And that album was supposed to equate to the similar um, output that those bands were doing at the time. Like I said, posturing, not an original songwriting bone in her body. No way. Right. Not buying it. I think she just got the big spot because Otep was the, essentially the female fronted replacement for Kitty because Kitty stopped doing Ozfest. And you know what? I'll take Kitty any day over them. Oh, over I like Otep. Kitty. I'm just saying that's why I think Otep was blown up so ridiculously big. But uh, now nah, it's funny because you keep bringing up shit from junior high and high school. And this was. I still think it was the worst era in rock music. It was all fucking <laughs> garbage. I yeah. mean, you know, I because I was talking to somebody earlier, a friend of mine who actually brought up Shine Down all fucking things, and I, well, <laughs> we'll go through the whole argument. But he's like, oh, it. You just don't like commercial rock. I fucking love commercial rock. I was rocking out to Billy Idol the other day. It's just there's an ability to be able to be a good songwriter and damn near nothing during that era had it. It was all fucking dumb shit for frat boy types to get hammered to and jump around. Butt rock, butt rock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it was, it was manufactured. It was manufactured rage, manufactured it's rebellion. Theory of a dead goes, man. Oh God. I mean, just to yeah. use an example, you know, Hate breed kind of played a similar type to some of these bands, but I actually liked their stuff because they knew how to write a decent song. Yeah. And also, I think Hate Breed are actually not honest. By the way, I agree. Slipknot sucks ass. I fucking hate <laughs> so much. Who does crazy town? Oh, but you know what? I'm we'll weird because I like, I'm weird because I like that. Whatever Drowning Pool album has that song Bodies. I like the whole album. I think the whole album's pretty good. Oh, I like that Drowning Pool. Yeah, I like that album. I'm I'm glad to say that I saw that tour before Dave Williams passed away. Um, they were uh direct support for Disturbed. It was November 2001. 
and uh drowning pool were good um yeah it's a shame what happened to him you know him passing yeah, away on the tour bus but yeah i mean look well, i don't I hate otep personally but i think as far as her being a musician or you know her band i just there's no merit there for me that's that's all i'm gonna say is, is well, they, they, oh, plenty of Mars people is irrelevant to what i'm talking about they're just shitty musicians and then the music blows i mean I'm not even talking about necessarily lyrically or like that bullshit they were trying to blame blame Durst for at Woodstock 99, you know, and that's not what I mean at all as far as who any of them are, just the music blows, it's not written. Yeah. Wayne, what were you going to say? Is vegan rock a term yet? Not yet. Soon, I'm the only soon. It fan is this, now. Uh, Vegan rock has now become no, a term. No, I will not fucking allow you to do that because Tom G. Warrior of Celtic Frost was one of the first ones to go vegan and talk about it. And none of these fucks belong in the same category as <laughs> Celtic don't. goddamn. Frost. We can, we can, we can put him in his own vegan category. The cool vegans. Yes, but, but fuck the Otep vegan. Yeah, but you know that whole <laughs> brought up a good point. I, that whole era of of metal, and I like Coin and I like Slipknot, so you know I'm I'll stand alone on that. But those two bands started the worst oh. trend because suddenly everybody tried to sound like them. It was the weirdest thing. I mean, how many million wannabe Corns and million wannabe Slipknots were there? Including OTEP, since we're talking about them, they're definitely on that list of wannabe slipknots. Uh, dead dudes in the chat, and he's got to admit, Anthrax and Megadeth's debut albums don't do much for him. Get this guy out of here. That's- Leave. Fistful of metal rolls. <laughs> yeah, I love it, that album. It's it's funny, man. He like damn right. Piggybacking on what you said, metal fusion masterpiece. Oh, like, I love killing us. My I love all four of the the big four debuts, all of them. Mm. Well, I love three of them, and one's okay. Uh, piggy, piggybacking on what, what you said, Manny, about uh, Slipknot wannabes. I mean, you know, I mean, Mudvayne was discovered by Slipknot, and they got signed because of Slipknot. But and so, you know, because they they wore makeup and you know funky costumes, they were considered uh, Slipknot wannabes. But I have to say, in terms of musicianship, they were They're... a better band. Oh hell yeah. They actually I mean, know how to play their instruments. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, by far, Mud Bane's a way better band musically than Slipknot. You know, I agree with that. First Ministry I, album was pretty rough. That sounds nothing like anything that came after it. <laughs> this is true, but I enjoy it. Yeah, but I think that, it's really good, too. Kind that, of awkward synth pop, but mm. there's some really good songs on there. And I'm confused well, that, by that. That was label pressure, I think, too, right? But, uh, yes that british yes. accent it's like why is he british <laughs> well again i think that was label pressure yeah that's weird yeah because they he, made him sing it in a british accent <laughs> well he, he disowns that album i like it though. i think um but i i mean in in their 80 81 even, even late 82 period they were still playing some of that stuff because that's how they had started off, but by the time they uh, he had to do with sympathy and was doing it for the label, he had already begun to move on to what he was doing on Twitch. <clears throat> they wanted the synth pop, 
from Al and they wanted him to sing in a British accent. So it sounded similar to like Ultraville and Bauhaus and all that at the time. Uh, who's when that? I saw Ministry Saturday, they played a song off Symphony uh, and they said, we I, haven't played this in 40 years. And, um, that's cool. I, I kind of saw them, but I kind of didn't. I got to the show late. I heard them playing. Like I could hear them playing from the parking lot ministry. Hmm. They're just so damn loud. I love ministry. But uh yeah, I don't hate that album. I think it's a decent debut. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Uh, by the way, what are you eating over there, Travis? What were you eating? Oh, uh, I was having a protein cookie. A protein cookie. I, I like how quiet it was too. It was very nice and quiet. You're very polite. Oh, thank you so much, Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it one of those uh which 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 brand are they, those protein cookies? Lenny and Larry. Oh, they're good. I like the uh, macadamia nuts. The cookie. Oh, That's so good. Uh, Greg, I think it's your turn. Oh, where, where are we at? I don't even know. I think we're at Third three. One. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> three. Motorhead. Self-titled. They're very ah, first album. Okay. I can see that. Uh, well, well, yes. The classic lineup was together. Phil and Eddie had arrived, and they were starting to gel as players, and you can hear that like on their eponymous song on here, Motorhead itself, where they sound really good. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, these songs were left over from the Wallace Fox era. And a lot of them still kind of feature Lemmy's Hawkwind influence. And some of them don't really work that well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there, there's a couple good tunes on it, too. I can definitely say they're classics, obviously. But... Um, Overall, there was just better things to come, and a lot of this comes off as awkward, and some of it's a little, little too fucking spacey for the way they're playing. Yeah. Now I, I know it's confusing because that's their technically their first debut album, but they actually had on parole was the first album, just never well, got released until like three years afterwards. Yep, they recorded on parole for a different label at the time who decided to shelve it. And then once they started gaining popularity after Overkill came out, they released it as on parole. Yeah. So we're not going to, we're going to just stick with the Motorhead as the original first release. Well, yes, because it is. I mean, it, it doesn't matter that they recorded the on parole version in 75, it, it was shelved, you know. It wasn't their debut because it never got released. It it was an archival thing they did later on. Mm. What was that, Travis? I didn't say anything. You didn't? Okay. Fine. But I do love that debut. To me, I, 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 I don't think Motorhead has released a bad album at all. I, mm. I even love that uh, March or Die. I like that album. But it's my least favorite, but I still love it. I love everything from the debut through another perfect day. And after that, there's some albums I like, some I don't like. Did you like Orgasmatron at all? I did. I don't like Orgasmatron that much. It has some great songs on it, but the drum sound kills it for me. And the, the production overall, I think, hurts a couple. So there's a couple of filler tunes on it. It's, it's definitely not their worst, but I think it gets overhyped, honestly. <laughs> I, love I can. Bastards. I can admit that Orgasmatron is my, uh, my favorite because it was my <clears throat> my first full length Motorhead album that I listened to from start to finish. So it's pretty special for me. 
And this is again in 1994 when I first heard it. And, uh, you know, this was the year of uh, Pearl Jam still having the number one album, Green Day and Offspring making their debuts. Well, on, on, on in the mainstream and, uh, you know, Kurt Cobain's suicide. So for me, Motorhead was just like it was an escape from all that shit. So <laughs> I got a question real quick, like quickly. What's your favorite Motorhead songs, guys? Like your number one favorite? Yeah, I'd have to think you put that me on the spot on that one. I, I can know. say well, mine. My... What? Uh, this is, you guys are going to get shocked by this, but I'm going to say no voices in the sky. Love that awesome. song. That's a great song. My awesome favorite might song. shock you. My favorite might shock you. Uh, too late, too late. I love that. That's that my favorite motorhead song. Ah, that's actually one I was thinking about saying. <laughs> so I'm not that shocked. I love that too. I, lo- I love that one. I love uh, Iron Horse. I love Cheese. Uh, I love Just Cause You Got the Power. Don't mean you got the right. That's yep. a great song. Iron Thank Fist you. is a great one too. The Wolf. Yeah, I'd probably uh, say Rocket. Um, what what I'd probably say, uh, say Rocket from Another Perfect Day because of Brian Robert uh Robertson's solo on there. Anyway, go ahead. My my favorite's definitely the overkill album. Oh amazing. Um e- even though it's it's not uh traditional best of uh step down with fast Eddie singing would make my top mm. ten. I'm I'm gonna go with Shine. I like that song a lot. Shine's great, and I love Step Down too. Love Step Down. I gotta um, give some love to Sacrifice too. That's a great, great song. I think favorite, Bomber is favorite song I think, overall. I would probably have to pick Stone Deaf Forever though. Oh yeah. To me, I what, what was that song? I think uh, Bomber, despite the like, except for the title track because that's pretty famous. I think Bomber overall is a very underrated album. It is. I agree with you. I, I, it gets I don't sandwiched. It gets sandwiched between Overkill and Ace of Spades. Yep. I love it. Love Bomber. Uh, Catman says, I know Greg likes Robertson. I followed Lizzie, but Robbo flipped a switch there with the headband and short shorts. <laughs> he, he did, but oh, I love that album. Another Perfect love, Day is one of my top five great albums. The album great is album. great. It's great. It's great. Because it was the only time they had melody like that in the band, but yeah, Robbo handed wanting to leave bad. He he started dressing like that on purpose, and it certainly pissed Lemmy off. But it's still a great album. It's, it's actually I, my favorite Motorhead album, believe it or not. I know what my claws for my. My favorite version, even though it's a great song in the first place, um, but my favorite version of The Chase is Better Than the Catch is on that uh, live show that they put on the double CD of Another Perfect Day when they did those reissues. Mm. Yeah. That's funny that um, song. I just, I just, sorry, Travis, were you asking a question? No, I said that's my second favorite mode oh, okay. of that song, Chase is Better Than the Catch. I, I just think it's funny that on the Another Perfect Day tour, uh, Robbo was the one that uh, pulled the trigger on them playing Ace of Spades. Like, what? why would you not play their signature song just because you didn't like it? I'm like, listen, Cheap Trick has tons of hit songs, but they have to play The Flame, even though, you know, uh, uh, Rick Nielsen hated that song. But they know they have to play it. <laughs> 
I love that yeah, song. They, actually, if you, I, I don't have it in front of me, but yeah, like none of the popular songs from the Eddie Clark era were played on that tour, really. Pretty much all their bigger tunes were cut out and even staples that they were known for doing live, like Leaving Here, Robbo refused to play them. The majority of the set list is actually the Another Perfect Day album and then some deeper album cuts. So is Robbo the first Sammy Hagar? <laughs> oh, man, that's uh, I, I, I don't know. I could wish a title like that on Brian Robertson. I mean, he made I, mistakes, I, but I couldn't either. I mean, you know, phenomenal musician, but uh, I don't know. I, I guess if I had gone to that tour, I'd have been like, where's Ace of Spades? Where's the, you know, at least play it as the last song, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I even know if they played Bomber on that tour. Even Motorhead, I mean, their their own title track. They didn't play that. They didn't do Bomber. Mm. Uh, Dead dude. Uh, does Peter Chris's solo count? The one, you know, the the Kiss era one. Actually, oh. it's funny you mention that, my friend, because starting on Friday, on the, we're not going to talk about it on the show unless we do quick snippets at some point. But I'm going to start my worst to best of kiss column on the rats out review page on facebook and the first one i'm starting with is an honorable mention for the four solo albums because i don't care what the kiss starts say they're not full kiss albums sorry they got the logo on them and all that shit but you can't rank them as kiss albums but i will rank them from worst to best certainly and peter's is not the worst beans is yes (laughs) uh Uh, has got one song i like radioactive yeah, I love that. Yeah, song. I figured. But <laughs> when you wish when you wish upon a star, are you kidding me? Actually, oh, I like that. That I think <laughs> is the best performance on it, knowing yeah, it the is. story behind it. It's quite shocking that he gave such an emotional performance that didn't involve greed, to be honest with you. But uh Radioactive would be a great song if the fucking Bee Gees did it, but uh <laughs> and out of guest stars that goes absolutely fucking nowhere. I mean, there might be some bullshit on Peter Chris's album because they're not all good written songs, let me tell you. But at least he put his heart into it and really believed yeah. what he was doing. I I I I radioactive came off better live when Kiss played it on the Dynasty tour. Yeah, it did because it dropped all that extra studio shit that it has on Gene's album, but it sounded good live. Yeah. So could we count those albums as like debut solo albums? I debut think. solo yeah. albums, not as Kiss yeah. albums. They all are. Yeah. 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 Then I guess that dude. Uh, yeah, that will be. Uh, that could be on your list then. Um, I think I'm next, right? I don't even remember anymore. I'm so yes. tired. <laughs> Power Man 5000, the blood splat oh. rating system. What is this fucking garbage? Why do you own that? Why is that? I come out. That's why. <laughs> oh, that it. implies that he likes the rest of their music. Which, I do. You I, know what? You're not Wayne anymore. Shut up, Stuart. <laughs> Wait, d- did that come? That's before Mega Kung Fu Radio? Um, Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Let, well, actually, I think you. Mega Kung Fu. Ra- oh, yeah. No, 
Yes, yes, it is. Yes. Okay, I let me ask you a question. Is is there a song on that album called uh, Public Menace Freak Human Fly? That is the first song, yes. Okay, so then Mega Kung Fu Radio was the reissue of that when they signed to DreamWorks. Okay, so yeah, that 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 counts. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, the only reason why I have it is because I found it. This is like a rare thing to find. So that's the only reason why I bought it. It was cheap, uh, but it is fucking god awful. It doesn't sound <laughs> like Power Man 5000 at all. And I was looking through this as you guys were talking before. And, you know, there's a picture inside here with a crowd, I guess, at one of their shows. And all those people in the crowd are probably miserable to their just out of their fucking minds waiting for them to get off the fucking stage and playing the goddamn shit songs. that are on a shitty ass album. How much yeah. do they pay for that crowd? <laughs> I don't know. But this I mean, I get it. I get it. Spider one is Rob Zombie's brother. But so what? <laughs> They look like a cult in that picture. This, and the album's so bad that they didn't know what they wanted on the front cover. They got like a car here that's like, you know, beaten up or whatever. And um, this alien, it's probably from like one of those Japanese shows or whatever. And they got Japanese writing down here. And then they got like this <laughs> little worm down here. And then like a picture of somebody's body. And like the most stretched out picture I've ever seen of a band on an album cover. Just like a bunch <laughs> of random shit thrown on a fucking thing. It's terrible. It's Whoever like, you did know, the- like you mentioned, he's 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 related to Rob Zombie, so he's like trying to be like Rob Zombie cool, but it's just they didn't get there. Whoever they did, did on the graphic uh, artwork on that is oh, horrible. On the disc, Sucks. though, the disc is cool. You know, that looks cool. But the the fucking music is just until you put it in your God. player and listen to it, then you <laughs> realize it's. You want me to burn it for you, Manny? I'll, I'll let you listen to it. Uh, do you have a fireplace you're up north man that has to be the most expensive coaster ever no i was jack got that cheap i don't know i'll have to look and see if it's uh, worth anything but i really don't think it is it's, it's terrible yeah i'm sure it's worth something to spider one maybe 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 it's possible um Tra- spider no. one. travis travis is next okay well another band i really love a lot uh started off with the lackluster debut in my opinion is the debut from Creedence Clearwater Revival Hmm. now I do like I put a spell on you I like that version Peggy Sue eh, not that didn't do much for me I know a lot of people love that cover but it does jack but um everything else it just sounds so it doesn't have like that catchiness that a lot of CCR teams have they would get better on future releases, but not a fan of that one at all. Hmm. I had never heard of it. I, I never uh, listened to it at all. Ah, it, I like it, but it's like Travis said, it's it's pretty bland. It's definitely their least interesting album. I mean, I don't hate it, but with Chronicle having the best two songs off of it on it, there's no real reason to listen to it. <laughs> Susie, Susie Q. I don't think I've ever heard some of these. No. My favorite album from that. Hmm? My favorite is Green River. That's my favorite CCR album. That's a good one. Uh, Honestly, Cosmos Factory. I love that record. Suzy Q. I love you. (laughs) Suzy Q. My grandfather would constantly listen to that. (laughs) Nice. Uh, Manny. Well, we already mentioned it. Alice Cooper, pretty for you again. Yeah. 
pick another so wrong album. So Wayne, what's next? <laughs> All right, then uh, Greg. Uh, Soundgarden, Ultra Mega OK. I was going to pick that as well. Hmm? I was going to pick that as well, too. Yeah. I mean, even the band themselves say that that's why they called it Ultra Mega OK, because it's just OK. <laughs> it's just OK. You, <laughs> you've got some really great tracks on there, you know, Flower, All Your Lies, but uh, the there's some other stuff even the howlin' wolf cover smokestack lightning is a little half-hearted yeah you know they uh and especially after the the first two eps you know screaming life and fop being so great they were just kind of in between what they were doing and working up to louder than love there's mm -hmm. a couple really good songs on it but overall it is a really lackluster debut unfortunately um, the one highlight of it, I would have to say, is that Kim Thale's guitar playing is just amazing throughout. And I think because they had so few ideas at that point in time, it gets highlighted probably the most on that record, actually. And that's really its saving grace. Yeah. The whole band is awesome. Everybody in this in, in Soundgarden was just awesome. It's just uh, they just did not have their shit together on that album at all. No. No, they did they not. No idea what they wanted to do. And it's chosen in music. Um, do you like uh, Soundgarden, Travis? Yes, I love Soundgarden. What do you think of Ultra Mega? Okay. It's all right. It's nothing. It's not great, but not bad either. It's Ultra Mega okay? It's Ultra Mega okay. <laughs> <laughs> Lou? Unmute yourself, dumbass. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, I have to admit, I kind of pass over that. Well, I'm sorry. I'm trying to like honor, you know, letting people speak and not. This speak is a red salary review. There is no honor here. Go. That's uh, true. No, no honor on, on deadbeats. Anyways, um, <laughs> I I kind of pass over that album. Uh, you know, for me, I usually start with louder than love. I, didn't I know mean, you were Jewish. L'chaim. Well, pass over. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, really, and it's available on CD too. The Flower EP. Yeah, yes, it is. It is, it is. You might as well. <laughs> uh, Colin, I hate split hairs, but isn't Screaming in Life their debut? Well, yes, their debut overall, but yeah, that's really that's an EP. And I tried to go with full debut albums for what I picked. Yeah. which is why I didn't include White Zombie, but boy, what I wrote <laughs> that, one. that is one from a band I love that I legitimately hate. Yeah. Mm. A lot of the early stuff is really brutal. You, you know, Soul Crusher, even, even though it's noisy, Psycho Head Blowout, it, mm. those ones are just awesome, but uh, the very first one, God's on Voodoo Moon and then Pig Heaven or whatever the second one was called, mm. It sounds worse than Venom trying to improvise on stage, man. <laughs> it's so bad. God, it's so bad. Sounds well, like they were just sitting in a room hitting their fucking instrument <laughs> with no idea how to play them. Yeah, they sound like they throw them at Rob because all they hear is. Yeah. But, but it's, it's not like a, a slaughtered pig. <laughs> yeah. Wait, yeah. something's worse than Venom improvising on stage? Yes, White Zombies wow. first two EPs, Pig Heaven and Gods on Voodoo Moon. It is awful. And Rob sings in this really nasal quality that sounds like someone stopping a car on Dustin Hoffman's foot. It's 
What? <laughs> it definitely hurts. It definitely hurts. Be given. Yeah, it's it's bad. While that Sean chick is, pr- I assume, taking her bass up and down a chair arm like. <laughs> and, and the drummer sounds like he's got a, a set of five gallon buckets from Sears back there. Oh God, that is so bad. It amazes me. It's the same band that did Soul Crusher. And I don't get die slowly. I don't know how they I don't know how I don't know how they got good. I don't know. I have no idea. Lou. Called Geffen Records Money. That's what happened. Anyways. Um so my fourth choice um this band used to be called the dime store hoods in the 90s and again like you know they were one of those first bands that was trying to ride the wave of the whole rap metal thing um and before anyone says anything you know there are a lot of new metal bands that i i i I do like and even though i don't refer to them as new metal in the mainstream, that's what they refer to that. That's what they refer to them as. So, you know, I'll just I'll accept it. But whatever. To me, it's just good music. But uh, in 2002, um, they repackaged themselves as Third Strike and they had an album called uh, Lost Angel. And I remember, um, you know, again, this was serviced to us by their record label. Uh, they wanted us to play the song No Light. I heard it. I'm like, this sucks. And I tried to give this band a chance when I saw that they covered Paranoid from Black Sabbath. And as you guys know, Sabbath is my all time favorite band. Don't put a rap after the guitar solo in Paranoid. That's just something you don't do. OK, that's like that's like that's you. You crossed the line when you did that. And that line that you crossed, you 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 immediately put yourselves into a position where I think your debut record is utter shit. So yes, third strike lost angel. Never heard of it. I am grateful. Uh, he's right. Be thankful. See, I just used to get all these samplers and shit from free. And because I liked metal, that this is a lot of what was on it. That's why I'm laughing. Lou's just bringing just rolling out the turds tonight, man. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess I I guess I'm the only one that picked five albums from bands I hate and feel very bitter towards the fact that their debut albums were even released. Yeah. Oh, know, that's you, how I feel about fucking Britney Fox to even go back a decade. I, I, don't, I, I don't hate that album. <laughs> I hate them completely. All the talent stayed in Cinderella. They should have never been given a fucking record deal. They belong in a bar somewhere doing Rolling Stones covers. Girls school, (laughs) seriously. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I feel bad for the executive that had to explain his cocaine decision to spend money on making that a music video. (laughs) Yeah, that band sucks. I hate them. He's not wrong. (laughs) me <laughs> either uh yeah i don't know but yeah we're really supposed to pick bands that you you know liked or whatever kind of but it's fine I, it doesn't matter at this point we're four albums no well i i i wanted to be the dark horse but it's interesting the, uh, it, it is uh, I'm, I'm glad some you did do that though because uh, i, wanted to be I, I the forgot about one of these bands and i'm I, I grateful I and you reminded me of a lot of them and now i can't sleep tonight because i'm going to be having nightmares 
I don't know how you can sleep with a Power Man 5000 CD in your house. <laughs> I, got the, I got all their albums. Uh, another album that I have and I don't like, Genesis. Uh, what the hell's the name of it? Uh, from Genesis, from to, Genesis Revelation. to Revelation. It, it just does not sound like Genesis. This is like folk music. It's terrible. Uh, there's maybe one good song on here that I like, and I don't remember what it is. What is it? I don't know. I, it doesn't matter. There's nothing on here. So it's garbage. Uh, has anybody else ever heard that album? I yeah, that's no, bad. bad. I have it. It's uh, it's okay at best. Again, not ready for the big time. So you go from that album to the second album. Was it Trespass? Yeah, Trespass. Oh, my, my that's a great album. Is it, is exactly. that, that's, yeah, there's that's another a band. Album. It's like where, like like Soundgarden. It started off kind of shitty, and then they came up with the you know the next album, and it's just like. Well, I well, I think Genesis. I mean, uh, I mean, with Soundgarden, that was kind of a transitional thing, right? Because their their first two EPs are very of their original early punkier style. Although they always had the Sabbath influence, and but before they got to where they were going on Louder Than Love, they kind of had that in between. Where with this Genesis record. It sounds like they gave a bunch of fucking fusion musicians just money to throw shit down on a record that had never played with each other before. It's kind of fucking far gone. It, it reminds me a lot of when Pink Floyd did Adam Hart Mother, which I absolutely hate. Mm. Um, <laughs> that essentially is a story behind the first album, <laughs> Greg. Is it really? Yes, the label just, you know, uh, kind of signed them sight unseen threw them some money and released it and even the band wasn't really happy with it <laughs> huh i um, never knew that yeah i mean to me genesis really kind of came into their own on the second album with the song the knife because that that's kind a of great like, song yeah because that kind of like set the precedent for what genesis did from nursery crime onwards and uh you know, and, and, and I'm not one of those, you know, uh, who would you like better? Peter Gabriel, uh, Phil Collins type guys. Um, I've always been a Steve Hackett person, uh, guy, you know, again, biased because he's a guitarist. And, you know, to me, that was my favorite era of Genesis. But I love everything up until we can't dance. And I even like a couple of songs off Calling All Stations. I'll take that. <laughs> over from genesis to revelation this is an album i <laughs> skip over <laughs> uh, yeah I, I i try to listen to it it's it's still a background music but yeah they, uh, it def they definitely doesn't stand out like uh like lou said it's not it's not an album they're particularly proud of i mean they were all really young too but I never you even heard it about it. It just happened to uh, come across it. It was just weird. Like, what the hell is that thing? Because it has no album cover. It's all black. So it's like, it doesn't look like anything. So. Yeah, that, that's what the original cover looked like yeah. on vinyl. This, is, this, is this the original black album? <laughs> Basically, yeah. Well, it predates you know, Final Tap's album... No More Black. So, yeah. yeah. So there you, go. Uh, you know what's funny about that album? They used to put it in the gospel section really? in the stores because of the title. Right. And you know, people get pissed <laughs> off, go home and buy it. <laughs> <laughs> Colin Madison's uh, been reissued. Yeah, this actually this is the, uh, the two CD version. So I it's it's double this shit on this. Um, Colin said uh, he's going to open a bakery and call it Flower Man Five Thousand. 
Boo. Well, what can we say to be encouraging here, Colin? Hmm, what can we say? Well, it's better than new Coke, buddy. <laughs> what did you say, Matt? Matt, are you leaving? Well, guys, yeah, but I'll tell you my last one. Tell is us, Joan Jett, bad reputation. Yeah, Joan Jett, bad reputation. I am a Joan Jett fan. I do like the song Bad Reputation. I do like the album, but overall, I think as far as debut, I think it's kind of weak. And the reason it's so popular is because of the title track, in my opinion. Hmm. Um, it's mostly Manny, that, that came up. That came up before I Love Rock and Roll. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, oh, okay. It was released Joan Jet, and then the issues Bad Reputation. I think it started selling after I Love Rock and Roll, but it came first. Matter of fact, if you can find an import copy on the original, it's Steve Jones and Glenn uh, Matlock of uh, Sex Puzzles played on a few tracks. They still survive on some of these. No, not not Glenn. Uh, see, uh, Paul Cook, I apologize, the drummer. So anyway, I just don't think it's a great album. It's got a lot of covers, which Joan Jett does anyway, but... Um, what was the one cover on there? Yakety yak. Do you want to touch? Right anyway. Do you want to touch? No, that's on the second album. Oh, oh no, you are right. It is on this one. Yeah, no, no, you are right, Travis. Don't ever, okay, cool. Travis, don't ever say that again in that position that you're sitting in right now. <laughs> Especially standing in front of in front of the late great Neil Peart. Yeah, that just looked wrong. <laughs> but anyway. That is uh, my final pick. I do. I am a Joe Jet fan. Another uh, another album I never even heard. Yeah, and and I will. I will avoid it. Yeah, it's not my favorite. Anyway, guys, Manny, uh, get out of here. Have a good night, Manny. Thank you. you Tomorrow, Wayne, and uh, probably Travis. Yeah, right. Yep, I'll be there. All right, sounds good. Goodbye, Manny. Yeah, buddy. All right, Travis, go ahead. Next. Last one. All right. From uh, one prog band to another, I'm going with the debut album from Jethro Tull. Okay. Um, it's just, you got four instrumentals on there, and then you got some songs that are all right. You have Ian Anderson sounding like a like his voice is high-pitched, which is very weird. Um, my Sunday Feeling, that's all right. I, I, I like two of the instrumentals. I like Serenade to a Cuckoo. I like Cat Squirrel. It, it, someday that sun won't shine for, me, for you. It's all right. It's just, it's just, it's not interesting. It's more jazzier. They totally become Jethro Tull on stand up. Mm. But th- this album does nothing for me. So there you go. Uh, another album I have never heard in my life. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> i don't even do i know any of these songs no i don't start with stand up if you stand up is awesome though. oh the first jethro tool yeah, yeah. do i have yeah, stand up I, I, I do have some i think i have that album i, I, I bought a bunch of jethro tell records in the yard sale not too long ago so that might be one um lou so again, I'm going back to the dark ages of 2000. Uh, another band out of California that came out in the wake of Corn and Faith No More and uh, Deftones. Um, 
for Jackasses, whose first single was a complete maiden ripoff with some lame ass ball squealing rapping over the main verse and some of the whiniest lyrical emo shit that I ever heard uh, come out of one band. I mean, they were emo before emo and uh, hated them then. Hate them now. Papa Roaches uh, infest. I did not understand the appeal of these guys when they first came out. Uh, Kobe Shaddix, or as he was known at the time, Kobe Dick, was the second guy after Shifty Shellshock, whose face I wanted to slap so badly. (laughs) Um, I had to sit through an hour of them before Guns N' Roses came on in 2006. So I did what old school Metallica fans did and had my back to them the whole time with my middle finger raised in the air. While my wife, who was my fiance at the time, said, stop doing that. I'm like, nope, I'm here to prove a point. I'm here to make a point. And I'm pointing directly at the sky, directly at them, waving it as high and as hard as I can, like the, like the moon and nights. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, you know, dude, I'm sorry. I heard Last Resort and I was just like, okay, I'm mad enough at 19 years old. I don't need this shit to give me agita or like, you know, I call that the equivalent of a musical ulcer. Indeed. Um, I got to hop off myself here, but I agree with Lou. Hate Papa Roach. Uh, We'll do rapid fire on my last one real quick. But like I said, least favorite. Scorpion's first album, Lonesome Crow. Two great songs, In Search of the Peace of Mind and I'm Going Mad. Other than that, it's odd. It's disjointed. Shit's played weird. Um, it is cool to hear Rudolph and Michael playing together and their guitar playing is probably, well, you know what? Everybody plays pretty good on it. Just the songs aren't together very well. And, um, classes vocals are a little weird, still a decent album, but not crazy about it. I agree with you. I never heard it. (laughs) Have a good night, Greg. (laughs) You guys have a good night. Sorry. See you later. See you later. What do you think about that Scorpions album, Travis? Or the it's Papa Roach album? Papa Roach, you. Uh, Scorpions, Lonesome Pro. I do like that album. Not my favorite, but it's pretty good. It's better than their Eye to Eye album. I'll say that much. Oh, it's better than their latest <laughs> album. I hate that latest album. I know people like that album, but I... Yeah. I didn't bother. No, I don't like Scorpions. You, what? I don't know. Like Wayne does not like scorpions. Oh, I hate, okay. I hate Klaus. What is Klaus? Klaus, Klaus, Mine, Klaus, Mine? Klaus Mina. Klaus Mina. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like his voice. Klaus, um, no problem. And I don't like Papa Roach either. So I, I don't even know what that sounds like either. All right. It's all good. All right. Uh, I have four <laughs> more things here, but I think I'm going to pick this one because James in our in our group chat, he mentioned this album as well. So I'm going to just do this one as the final one. Red Hot Chili Peppers, the debut. Red Hot Chili Peppers. This is garbage. This is uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. No, that's a weird ass album cover. It's actually pretty. I, the best thing about the whole thing is the album cover. It's, like, it's got like this 3D looking thing. Like I, I think if you put like 3D glasses on, you can probably maybe see it in 3D. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it looks cool. Music is not as cool as the cover. If music sucks, this is like uh, if if Mr. Bungle was like really really bad, that would be Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, because that's what they kind of sound like. It's just they're just not good, and they look like a bunch of idiots on the back cover. 
and they think that yeah. <laughs> well know, music's funny and, and they're being funny but they're not this is garbage <laughs> Well, the problem with that album is the fact that it's not the original Chili Peppers lineup because the original Chili Peppers lineup consisted of Anthony Kiedis, Flea, Hillel Slovak and Jack Irons. Um, There's a different drummer and guitarist on that album. It's uh, Jack Sherman on guitar and Cliff Martinez on drums. Now, I think Cliff is a highly capable drummer who actually was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with the other Chili Peppers. He's the only one. Jack Sherman wasn't because I guess there was some kind of bad blood between uh, Anthony and Flea and him. Um, you know, and Hello came back for Freaky Styley, which is more of a Chili Peppers album right. than that one is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that's got about three good songs on it. Uh, it's True Men Don't Kill Coyotes, uh, Get Up and Jump, and the last track, which is an instrumental. Uh, between uh, Jack and um, Flea, do plenty. That yeah, that's an instrumental. It's actually a pretty cool instrumental. But other than that, it's, it's really different. not a memorable it's, album. It's not good at all. Um, but yeah, I'll save my other ones for maybe we'll do this again because it was kind of fun. I, I like to see what sure. uh, what albums everybody hates. Oh, can I? Uh, wait, did what? I pick my last one yet? Or I thought you did. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I thought you were doing. Pick it. another one. Doing... Pick one I last one, I... Travis. We'll, just, we'll give. We'll give you the show. last one. Take sure. over the show, well, Travis. Yeah, you know what? I'll just <laughs> I'll just spew them off real quickly, like rapid fire mode. All right, go ahead. Debut from Electric Light Orchestra. I okay. like the opening track. That's eh. Judas Priest, Rock and Roll. Oh come on. <laughs> maybe you'll maybe you'll agree with me with this one. The Cult, Dreamtime. I've never heard it. Uh, UFO mm. one and then the sweet with funny how sweet Coco can be. Never heard that one either. All right, I mean, that's it's, it. it's not it's not it's not destination unknown. So, <laughs> wait, 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 is, that, is that the name of the album? Wait, which the is the of... album? With Desolation Boulevard. Desolation Thank you. Boulevard. You're thinking of Phoenix you. Rain. That's I'm a shitty of... debut too. Which album? Phoenix Rain, Destination Unknown. That's a show. Oh, oh, is it? Well, so, so is uh, Severed Angel and uh, well, Project Resurrect. I, I already plugged that. Out. If you have the Severed Angel album, just throw it out. Just throw it out and then buy another copy so we get more money over at SeveredAngel.com. Thank you. <laughs> That's a good idea. Uh, Early okay. Priest is garbage. What, who the hell are you, Catman? Early Whoa, Priest is garbage. Whoa, what? He's so the original Chimales. drummer of the Chili Peppers. I even like the title track to Rock and Roll. I just don't care for the other songs. Rock and Roll Woman for a Rock and Roll Man. I love that song. Take to it me, if you want to take it if you can. <laughs> How poetic. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we cover that album, you know, versus uh, the debut album from Iron Maiden. And I think the only person that voted Rock and Roller was James. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good album, though. I like, uh, I like the sound of it. There's some cool songs in there. Um, but uh, this was fun. This was fun. I like this show. A lot. Yeah. Uh, it was a little shaky in the beginning because of Manny, but uh, it was cool. A lot of talking in the chat, so really cool. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Colin, Catman, uh, Dead, Dead, what was his name? Dead something. Oh, Dead Dude was in here as well. George was in as well George under his time of space. Yeah, yeah, he's in there too. So uh, <clears throat> thanks, for everybody, for joining us. Thank you, Travis, for coming Thank on you, show. Travis. Hey, thanks, guys, for having me. Yeah, no problem. Uh, you can come on anytime you want. Thanks, brother. Yeah, I will. No and I will see you tomorrow on Ralph's show. Uh, we also do uh, Almost Human on Thursdays uh, at 8 o'clock, 8 p.m. Eastern 
right here on YouTube. So go subscribe to his channel, subscribe to our channel, Rat Side Review. And uh, we will see you next week. Next week is actually, we have a special guest, uh, Lori Kay. Ooh. She was the last person to interview John Lennon uh, right before he got shot and killed. So um, she put out a book, talks about her life before that whole thing and, and then up to it and everything. And uh, the book's really interesting. It's some funny stuff in there. And a lot of people that she's known over the years because she was also a radio personality as well. So she got to meet a lot of people. And uh, so she seems like a really cool person, going to have a lot of stories, and that's going to be a lot of fun. And then I think awesome. at the end of September, we got another guest, uh, Stephen. You remember his last name? Steve Rosen. Steve Rosen, yes. Who uh, wrote he, the book um, Tone Chaser, an autobiography on Edward Van Halen. Yeah. So he will be on, I think, September 27th. So that's going to be a really cool guest. So uh, yes. got some cool stuff coming up. All right. So hit subscribe, watch the shows. And we will see you next week. Until then. Right on. See you guys. Monet.